we had so much respect for Nas that we believed the only way that we could get him to want to sign with us, a really young label that did not have a track record, was to respect Rob and me, to like our vision and all that. And so we were kind of developing a rapport with him. We never got to the point where we made him an offer. And part of that was like, we introduced him to T. Ray, a great producer. And one afternoon, Akinelli was like, yo, come by the studio. Search invited us because we introduced Search to T. Ray. T. Ray worked on Search's solo records. So Search had invited us to the studio and we happened to be with Nas and we brought Nas to the studio. Search was like... His eyes lit up. We talked and Search asked us what's going on. I was like, oh, we're trying to sign Nas. And Search shook my hand and Rob's hand and said, that's fantastic, congratulations. The next day he was up at Columbia shopping Nas. This is Nas. You're now listening to The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop. Hey, this is your co-host, Minya O, a.k.a. Miss Info. Stretch and Bobito hosted the most influential college radio show ever. In fact, late at night when Stretch and Bob went on the air from the campus of Columbia University, I was right next door in the dorm as a student. Small world. In the pre-internet days, hip-hop was a small world. It was the most special time and one that Nas and I had a blast revisiting with our two friends. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, Tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with a personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Back in the day, when hip-hop first started coming on the radio, you always made sure to stay up late and tape it. You could make a whole tape full of the hottest joints just with the push of a button. The hobby of taping music off the radio lasted well into the 90s. If you were in New York City, the Stretch and Barbito show was the main show. It wasn't just the amazing exclusive Stretch Armstrong spun. Barbito Garcia kept the atmosphere alive and you could count on co-host Lord Seer to suddenly snap on somebody. Every episode was exciting. They had a steady flow of up-and-coming MCs coming up to the studio to drop freestyles. 
I even went up there and did my thing. You just never knew when hip-hop history could be made. Sitting here with two of the greatest in radio that helped me in so many ways that gave me my launching pad for myself and everything I wanted to do. I listened to you guys for a while, taped your shows. You played instrumentals. And I would take the tapes mm-hmm. and then I would dub them over and over. That's how I would write a lot of my first album. I would listen to the shows for freestyles. And one time, man, I was trying to get this record from Lars Professor. And I hadn't heard from him in a while. He was hot on fire. And everybody <laughs> was on him. And you guys played a remix by Slick Rick that he did. It's a boy. Oh, it's a boy? I had beef with him for like a year behind that because <laughs> the record is so crazy. I'm like, how did he not give me? I mean, it's Slick Rick, so of course right. it makes sense. It's Lost Professor and Slick Rick. It should be no dope, but That's give me boy. something like it. Give me something a little bit like it. <laughs> Damn. You would have crushed that. Those were the days, man. And going up to your show and you guys bringing me up there and freestyling and me shouting out my people and all of that. It was a big, huge deal. So here we are. Me and Minya's here representing hip-hop the way that you would be proud. So thank no you doubt. for being here. Thanks for having <laughs> yeah. us. This is, nah, thank you for yeah, the invite. This is amazing. How did you guys get into radio to begin with? Why did the school allow you to do it? And why did you want to do well, it? Well, a dude by the name of Armstrong actually invented frequency modulation broadcasting on the campus of oh, Columbia University. That. Yeah, so I got the right name. And WKCR is the first... FM station on planet Earth. Wow. That's just an interesting little factoid. But Bob and I, we tell the story in the film of how we met. So I was a club DJ, a young club DJ, like really hadn't been playing clubs for more than a year. And Bob was a Def Jam. We met, we became great friends. And then we just fantasized about doing radio because at that time, around 90, the shows that we grew up on in the 80s, like those shows, you know, Mr. Magic, Marley, Chuck Chill Out, Red Alert, Awesome 2, etc. Those are the shows. Everything comes from that. But by 90, I feel like with the major labels trying to get involved in their first push around 90, they were making a lot of missteps. 89 was an incredible year for hip hop. What was happening in 89 compared to 90 was, to me, was like night and day. It's just in terms of like the artists that were getting promoted and were getting played on the mix shows. And I felt like there was this whole generation of new artists and even records that I was finding on my own just by digging and going to record stores that you weren't hearing on these mix shows. And that was like the impetus for me to want to be on the radio because I felt like we could do something that was really different from the landscape as it was in 90. And it just happened to be that I was friends with this guy at Columbia who ran the jazz department at WKCR. And he knew I was the guy at Columbia, the hip hop guy, doing parties up there. And like, I had like the public enemy poster you know, on my door, the whole thing. Like everyone knew like, oh, that's the dude that's hip hop obsessed. So Ed was like, yo, there's a rap show on KCR. I thought you might be interested. And I was like, hold up, hold up. What? No, no, no. That's my show. And I went to KCR and I basically. You took it from someone? I did, yes. Who did someone out? I took it from someone. <laughs> That's hip-hop. I took it. I kicked in the door, waved the metaphorical 4-4. And, you know, as a white dude, I was like, I'm not going to be on the radio talking. Because to me, that's just going to be confusing. I want the music to speak for itself. And I was like, yo, we got the Boricua brother, Bob. 
<laughs> that's not really the only reason. It happens to be that Bob was like my immediate best friend. I was like, yo, let's do this. Because we like the same music. We mm-hmm. had the same sense of humor. We didn't just like the same music. We were insane about music. Yeah. Insane about it. Like we lived and breathed it. I always say like our show had a really kind of silly, irreverent, funny tone to it. But like we were dead serious about the music. Yeah. And that was from day one. So I couldn't have had a better partner from Jump. And that's how we got in. So Nas, I want to tell you, this is before I met Stretch. The first time I saw him, he was spinning in the basement of Mars. And I walked into the room. You about to play me? <laughs> oh, no. And he was playing G-Rap, Road to the Riches. Right. In a club. So just to give you an idea of the immediate connection, how he said like we were immediately best friends. Right. I was like, yo, this dude is playing Road to the Riches? Like, right. who Love is he? Song. You know what I'm saying? Right. And similarly, I mean, you and I bonded in L.A. when we interviewed you for our film, Stretch by Beat the Radio That Changed Lives. I don't know if you remember, it was in the bowling alley. And I asked you if yeah, you remember this rhyme. I want to see if you still remember it. The creature <laughs> feature, search a reacher, musical master, rhyme reacts as the brain dead as the knowledge of NASA. <laughs> You're just a Kit Kat, small as a Tic Tac. But I'm a big, big rat because I'm, I'm a G-Rap, fully equipped. With some hip hop lip, my memory bank is like a microchip. My bass will give a shake to an earthquake. It'll make you suck an MC want to jump in a lake. Cause I murder, hammer, side, trauma, cut, kill, destroy. Excitement and duller. You become weaker. My heart is a speaker. Yo, your material is mediocre. What? Oh my God. To this day, I tell people, yo, Coogee Rap, I'm gonna make you jump in a lake. Coogee rap, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only. One in a million. When you knew that rhyme by verse, it bonded me to you for life. I was already like, Nas is mad cool. But when we was in the club and saying that verse together, yo, that's like a hip hop highlight for me. I was like, yo, I couldn't believe you. I don't know that many people that know that verse by heart. I think we knew that you guys were insanely in love with the music too. And that's what drew us to you guys. Because we were like one and the same. It's like, there's some guys like us, closer to us in age. You know, you hear them and you say, they get it. They get us. Mm. They get what's happening next. And then you guys had this chemistry on the radio together. It was like naturally you. You wasn't trying to sound like anything but yourselves. And Lord Seer was there and it was <laughs> funny. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. We were family before we met you. We just by listening to you. Because you had DJ Riddler, Chuck Chill Out, like you mentioned, and Awesome too. And then you had Mr. Magic, rest in peace, and Marley Maul and Chili Q and all of that. So you had WBLS and Kiss FM. This was it, the Jedis. And then mm-hmm. here comes the young Jedis underneath these guys. That's an incredible historic place to be, man. Yeah, but let's set the scene because for people yeah. who weren't lucky enough to be around during that time, yeah. people talk about, oh, there's a, something that's about to launch or a drop or something. This show was the place that you had to be. In a lot of ways right now, we try to manufacture scarcity. That's what an NFT is. It's like the internet is limitless. So let's try and make it limited. Right. But the Stretch and Bobbito show was the realest, most exclusive right. scarcity that you couldn't fake. You had to live in a certain area. You had to be up at a certain time. 1 to 5 a.m. You had to have an antenna that you were holding so that <laughs> yeah. you could get the reception. Right. <laughs> and you had to record it you know, from 3 a.m. until whatever, what a time to be alive. I kept my tape on. I used to go to sleep. 
had the reversible cassette deck. So you go to sleep, you wake up, it keeps recording. So it record to both sides of four. Yep. I would wake up. You don't even know what's on the tape. Yep. You don't even know because you're waiting for those songs. You're waiting for that certain shit to drop. They played it last time, but you didn't get a chance to tape it. Now you're ready to tape it, but it's not coming on. So you record, you sleep, and then boom. You <laughs> what wake were the up. things that you were super hyped <laughs> to listen to? Like what, what were the times that you played your tape in the morning and you were so hyped? Because Stretch it and was Bob had. Anybody from Nice and Smooth, mm -hmm. Lord Finesse to um some West Coast record. Hmm. Ice Cube remix, Showbiz and AG. Mm -hmm. Percy um, P. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything. Doing this podcast, we've been talking to a lot of people, and it's interesting to hear a lot of the artists and what their perception of Nas has been over the years and the things that they really resonated with. And one thing that somebody was saying was that they had heard live at the barbecue and there was an energy there that was like, take everything, kill everyone, right? Like just in terms of the competitiveness. But that when Illmatic came, it was much more internal and very thoughtful and kind of observational and, and a very different vibe. And Nas, you coming up in that circle of MCs and real lyricism and freestyling with Stretch and Bob, whether that kind of also gave you the freedom to not just be rah-rah, but also be like, yo, let me make this poetry. You know? Oh, yeah. I was trying out some Illmatic rhymes on their show. I was trying out different verses that will end up on the album. So that was the way I would know if they were working. You, you know, workshop it. Exactly. <laughs> Did you guys notice that or were you aware? Stretch and Bob? When he came up in 92, he kicked a verse that never appeared on any albums. So at the time, you got to remember who was coming through our show, a number of unsigned artists who wound up reinventing not just hip-hop culture, but the music industry, period. Can you yeah, name some like of those artists? You know, Biggie, Nas, Wu-Tang, Eminem, Jay-Z, Big L, Company Flow, Stretch Help Me Out. Mob Deep. Mob Deep, yeah. Big Pun. I mean... We had a slew yeah, of cats who were just teenagers yeah. unsigned coming through our radio show. Fuji's DMX. Come on. Fuji's. I remember that Fuji show. DMX the Great before he became DMX. Rest in peace, X. Yeah. Nas came up so early in our show that we were still doing interviews. That's how early no doubt. you no were doubt. up on the show. <laughs> the first time you came up was in 91. Bob was out of town. And to this day, he's vexed that he wasn't there. Wow. February 14th was the date. 91. That. It was Valentine's yep. Day, 1991. With Akineli and Lord Finesse. Wow. We were in a love relationship from day one. <laughs> Damn. So what did Stretch say afterwards? So you weren't there. So did Stretch call you afterwards and was like, yo. Well, full disclosure, one way you could look at how different the world is now compared to back then. You talk about our show being a scarcity, but compared to now, music was a scarcity, mm. right? Like the amount of money and energy it took just to record a record and come out with a 12-inch, there were many, many steps. You couldn't just record a record and get it out there. In that landscape, Nas having a verse on Live at the Barbecue was a momentous event from my perspective. Off of that verse, Nas was probably the most exciting artist of that era, just from jump. So yeah. when he came up in 91, I was already like, 
like, yo, Nas is coming up. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was really important for us because we were just setting our table, you know, showing the world, the tri-state rather, like what we were about, yeah. our taste, our flavor and all that. So to have a new artist that it felt like we were up on that a lot of people really didn't know about, that was a really huge asset for us. And then for him to come up with Akinelli and Lord Finesse, that was just like a big deal. And I've talked to Bob about this, how artists often thank us for the opportunity that we gave them. But we got to thank the artists for just the association with us. Like right. for us to have Forever. a young Nas come up and splash like that was like, people were talking about that night for months. Yeah, It wasn't like, oh, mm-hmm. the next thing happened the next week. So people were forgetting about it. It was like, no, that was like an indelible imprint on the musical landscape. And we were just affiliated with that. Did you feel it that way? Did you yeah. feel it like it was a big moment? Absolutely. It was huge for me. It was everything because people heard of me. I feel like it was the only show that I should have been on. I didn't want to be on any show. When they stopped doing it like that, I didn't know where to go. I didn't <laughs> I didn't trust the new the, new, <laughs> the other places. Cause I was I was happy there. You know, I was just well, like, damn, this whole thing's changing. You know what I mean? It was like I'm getting busier, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. So yeah, that was a special moment for real. And traveling with Akinelli and doing shows with him with Lars Fesser and Joe Fadio. We went a lot of places. He showed me the record industry because Mm -hmm. he's a little older, not much. Mm -hmm. And he had some experience with different record companies pursuing him. So he knew his way around. So that was really exciting times. Wow. When people would kick a verse on our show, we didn't know it was ever going to turn up on an album because we didn't even know if people were going to eventually get signed. When Nobs was coming up in 91, 92, like... Right. He was just an unsigned, crazy, nice MC. So we couldn't imagine, like, oh, yeah, that's a verse that's going to wind up on Elmatic. My most fond experience of Nas at our radio show is actually a real curveball and that he rhymed off the top of the head. This is 93, about four or five months before Elmatic dropped. I don't even know if you know this by heart, Nas, but I'm going to test you out. I'm going to start the rhyme. How should I start this? How should I begin? Grab the microphone and my rhymes will win. Wheel of Fortune, spin around. Not a motherfucking rap clown, get smacked down. By the fucking four pound in your dome. Hit you with the Nick Plate Chrome. Queens Bridge. That's my hooking home off the top of the head. I'm a blunt head. Police wanna dead. Do you remember that rhyme? Wow. <laughs> you don't? Nah. Yep, I see you. <laughs> remember it. That's you. It was yeah. on your 20th so anniversary yeah. Illmatic release. Yo, you just took me back to my room mm. in Queens with the notepads. Like, yeah, B. I knew what you guys on the show today was going to feed my shit. And you know what I'm saying? So this Cold is... Cold as a polar bear, I, I swear. Work to will, <laughs> will but, but I'm, I'm a chill. chill. Rhymes to kill. I know your rhymes off the top of the head, like verbatim. You probably didn't even remember the moment after you left the. I was <laughs> I think so you were high. Happy. You were drunk. <laughs> Both probably. What I said. And I'm bugging out because the weed got me blunted. Plus, plus the Guinness stout. stout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that in your. <laughs> I was so happy to be there. That's what it was. Freestyle. I was happy. So were we. <laughs> nah, yo, the, the, the mic is open, yo. For the Stretch on Shark show, host Bob Bobby. How should I start this? <laughs> how should I begin to send? Grab the microphone and my rhymes uh-huh. are win. Uh-huh. 
wheel of fortune spin around Check it out, I'm not a rap clown Get smacked down by the fucking four pound in your dome Hit you with the neck plate chrome Queensbridge, that's my motherfucking home Off the top of my head, yo, I'm a blunt head Police, police want a nigga dead But I'm not going out like that Black, I kick the actual facts It's so long, cold as a polar bear I In those moments, and especially with people like the ones you name, like Pun and Big and X. Eminem. And Eminem. Afterwards, did you say, like, that one? So it's funny. When we started the show, I must have been 20. Bob's a few years older than I am. But we're young enough where this whole experience is so novel that 5 a.m. would come around. And we were like, yo. Hi. <laughs> yeah, like, and we actually lived together early. We'd go downtown together and sometimes grab breakfast and just talk about the show. And yeah, we would be hype, hype, hype. And then in the days subsequent to a show, the word would get yeah. around. You know, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have phones. But like the exchange of enthusiasm in the network just via phone was like so pure and real that we got a sense over time of what we were doing and, and what it meant to people. And the ripple effect. Like one thing, I don't even know if I ever told you this, Nas, but I was actually... At Columbia, in the dorm, and I would be recording the show. Oh, you! I thought you meant Columbia Records. You went to, no, you no, went no, no, to no, Columbia no. University. I was at Columbia University. I don't think oh, I that's ever knew crazy. that. At the dorm, I didn't know that. recording the show, and you would think that I actually had better reception, but you, I did but you're, not. You're such a go getter. Why wouldn't you be at the door at FBH? Be like, yo, I'm Minya, yo, and, word I'm, up. I'm, and I'm going to be a part of the show. <laughs> I didn't think that I could do it. I don't know. I was like shy, so I was recording the show, <laughs> and then the next day. Because I guess everybody at the source office knew that I would be up from three to five or whatever. That was kind of my job is to present the recordings of the show to the whole staff. And of course, everybody would listen to it. Wow. Wow. So that was the Whisper Network. (laughs) Our show had a real synergy with the source from day one. Bob worked for the source as a writer, as a freelance writer. Yep. Maddie had the unsigned hype column, which was like tethered to our show. So... Yep. Artist that he was excited about that he would put on unsigned hype. He'd off some, you know, slide us the tape, be like, yo, these cats are nice. And we'd play the tape on the air. Or conversely, we would find someone like, yo, Maddie, check these dudes out. And they'd end up in unsigned hype. Yep. In 94, your very first cover feature, to my knowledge, was in Rap Pages. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Holy shit. But wait, you were second I... to casual? <laughs> but you know who wrote the article? Who? Your man, B. Who's that? Me. What? <laughs> Wait, did you do an interview? Yo, look. <laughs> we were... the barber, yo. You see that? <laughs> <laughs> we were a movement together. This is when I didn't trust doing interviews. So I would trust him. Oh, to because do you this. already knew him yeah. right from the show. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we knew each other from the radio show. So he goes, then I got signed to Columbia, right? And he says, I came to see you when you were at A&R Def Jam and you fronted on me and shit. <laughs> <laughs> he goes, but you still my man. <laughs> wow. Wait, did you front on him? Can we correct history for a second? Yeah. And Stretch, I know you got your own story too, but I'm just going yeah, yeah, yeah. to go into this briefly. Yep. Talking about Akineli and Nas, so Akineli, Nas, and G-Rap came up to Def Jam. I was an A&R representative there. Wow. I had tried to get Simply Two Positive MCs signed at Def Jam. And that was Farrell March and Prince Poetry. They later became Organized Confusion. Wow. 
Russell passed on it. He was like, yo, they too lyrical, and I don't hear no hits on that demo, la, la, la. So when you gave me your demo, it wasn't that I fronted on you. I heard it. I was type bugging, but I was like, yo, I know already he's too lyrical for Russell. Russell passed on Special Ed as well, you know, before he had put out I Got It Made. Russell passed on a lot of cats. And so, truthfully, I was just like, yo, I didn't want to waste your time. So I just want to put it on public record. Like, I didn't front on you. I was trying to... <laughs> You put I it on blast and rap pages like mad people read that like yo, Bob, I don't know what he's doing, yo, he's a sucker. Like nah, like, that's my man. Like I didn't mean to do it like that, but <laughs> I was just joking with you, really, man. <laughs> I knew if you could, you would have signed me. And oh, no doubt, things worked out Eyes the way closed. they were supposed yeah. to. No doubt, it was too early for me at that time. I think it was too early. I wasn't really developed into my thing, and I know people were interested. And G-Rap was definitely one of the guys that was like, show interest. And that moved me like, you know, yeah. it's cool G-Rap. And he's like, let's move around. In the back of my mind, I'm knowing I'm not ready. I'm knowing it. Mm. But, you know, I couldn't stop the movement. Yeah. But I knew I wasn't ready. And then you also <sighs> went to see Stretch? So or? I worked for Craig Kalman when he had Big Beat. When it was a... Shout out to Craig Kalman. It was a literally like no a doubt, no 25 doubt. by 25 foot square room. This is when I was going to Columbia and, you know, my heart was in the clubs and the record stores and my pops was like, you don't got to go to school, but you got to work. So I started working for Craig in 89. And then I left at something else. I came back because Craig was like, I want to start doing rap stuff. And I was like, well, I'm your man. At this point, now I'm on the radio. And then we poached Rob Tulo from The Source, brought him over. So Rob and I were like this two-man a&R? Basically, rap department. A&R promo, the whole thing. And the two artists that we were most excited about that we wanted to sign were Souls of Mischief and Nas. At different times, Nas was earlier. We were both really young and, you know, wet behind the ears and just... I remember I was really interested in doing a deal with you guys because I was like, yo, I just want to do this record so people can know as I move on in life that I made an album mm. and that I did used to rap. <laughs> when, I, when I go to my real job I did. Mission say, yeah. accomplished Miss, But yeah 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 yeah. Funny stretch I had Columbia Records in mind In the beginning But at the time When I was like I don't think I'm gonna move on From rap I wanted to do this deal I actually don't think You fully know But interestingly Both Bob and I Were in positions Where we were trying To get you Record deals At the companies That we were affiliated with So now you got a picture Me and Rob Two white dudes. Back then, not as many white guys right? in the industry or in hip-hop at all. You think of industry rule number 6,080. Yeah. I think it was 4,080. 4, 6,000 yeah. is, that's, uh, <laughs> that's brush your teeth before you do radio. Um, so, 6,000 don't sign with the devil. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, we were very self-aware and... We had so much respect for Nas that we believe the only way that we could get him to want to sign with us, a really young label that did not have a track record, yep. was to respect Rob and me, to like our vision and all that. And so we were kind of developing a rapport with him. We never got to the point where we made him an offer. Oh. Nothing like that. We were still trying to be friends. And then he was like, gotcha, exactly. I already signed with and, somebody else. And part of that was like, <laughs> we introduced him to T. Ray, a yeah. really great producer. Yeah. And one afternoon, Akinelli was like, yo, come by the studio. Search invited us because we introduced Search to T. Ray. T. Ray worked on Search's solo album. Solo record. Yeah. So 
Search had invited us to the studio, and we happened to be with Nas, and we brought Nas to the studio. Yeah. Search was like... His eyes lit up. We talked, and Search asked us, what's going on? I was like, oh, we're trying to sign Nas. And Search shook my hand and Rob's hand and said, that's fantastic, congratulations. The next day, he was up at Columbia shopping Nas. So Search goes, you know Columbia Records has been looking for you. They thought you was dead. They thought, because that kid, Hood, from Tribe uh, mm, Quest. Yeah. Hood, rest in peace. Yeah, he had yeah. got killed or something from Queens. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. were around around the same time with those verses. So people were mistaking him for me. Wow. Faith Newman, A&R at Columbia, she said, I've been looking for you everywhere. People said you were dead. People said this and that. That's crazy. And I said, shit, I'm just trying to get with you guys. I didn't know who to talk to. So I was just going to rock with my guys at Big Beat and just get this shit over with, just do a record. And they're like, no, 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 let's do this. Oh, wow. And they told me someone they were reaching out to to reach to me. Yeah. And that he wasn't trying to connect the dots. I can't say I was that surprised. But she was constantly reaching out to him for me, and he wasn't trying to introduce me to them. So, yeah, so they stiffed you guys, man. Search gave wow. the old. Did you it's ever a, confront him about that? No. It's, it's water game. under the bridge. Did he ever say, hey, man, you know, I no, don't mean no, anything wrong. No, the only thing he's done is embellish the truth. Um, <laughs> he claimed that we made you an offer that was insulting. We never did. We never spoke about money. No, that never no, happened. We're no, clearing it up right no. now. So No, you guys are my guys. So yeah. it, it was no funny shit. I don't know how you had that Rap Pages magazine. <laughs> that was probably my first real magazine cover. Like, Listen, it was special for me, too, because I started writing for The Source in 89, freelance, right? Yeah. And I wrote record reviews, and I did like little interviews, and then I had my column at Rap Pages called Barbershop, and then I eventually had my column in Vibe magazine. But it was your first cover feature. It was mine, too. No one ever had assigned me to do the cover feature. Mm. So it was special for both of us. You right. know what I'm saying? Credit to you, Bob, for leaving in the part where Nas says you fronted on him. <laughs> you could have easily edited that out. Nah, nah, real. Yo, yo. I got to also say, yo, Nas, I mean, Stretch was saying it at the beginning. He was commending you for everything you're doing now. Like, I saw the video Music Box documentary that you directed. You know, I see you got the podcast now. You like the Gordon Parks of Queensbridge. You know what I'm saying? Like, you really <laughs> That's big. That's big. That's you like big really compliment. expanding your plate, B. You know what I'm wow, saying? Like I'm real trying. talk. Nah, it's tremendous. It's tremendous. Thank you. Proud of you, yeah. Thank you, man. Not just He's proud, you know what I'm saying, but happy too. Like on some, yeah. we a family, like happy, you know? Thank Word. you, man. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, Ralph McDaniels, you know, his life story is interesting. In New York City, there was not a show playing hip hop videos. We had hot tracks. Yeah. You were lucky if they played one. But this man played not just rap, R&B, and all kinds of music videos. It was in the places. He was yeah. on the scene. Yeah. Definitely wanted to put a light on that man because yeah. his light is the light that led the way. So And such a lovely that. dude, too. Yeah, I yeah. think that's oh, the that's other awesome. part of it. Like that, you know, good people, you keep seeing them as time goes by, and there's a reason for that. I mean, y'all two, some of the most pleasant, nice humble, down-to-earth people. I love love bumping into y'all anytime. And so I think that that proves itself out over the years. It's great to talk to y'all. Hell yeah. You want to hear something bog, though? Mm. My homegirl, Martha Diaz, is an archivist, right? And she studied at Columbia, NYU, teaches and everything. About 10 years ago, she told me that Ralph, unfortunately, had a lot of mold in his VHS cassettes 
from the show and a lot of the videos that he had, his crib wasn't temperature controlled. When I saw the Video Music Box doc, not only was I happy to see you direct it, but I was elated that this history that could honestly, just because of nothing in his control, like they were damaged, that it was still preserved, however, and digitized and, and brought to Showtime. Yeah, so props to Showtime. Did you watch our documentary, Stretch of Barbito, Ready to Change Lives? Fire. Yes. All right, cool, cool, cool. That shit is so dope, bro. Thank you. One of the best hip-hop docs out, without a doubt. Showtime, you know, put our film on their network, too, in 2015 when we first splashed with our documentary. So Yeah, they get it. That's props. Props to Showtime, too. Before we let y'all go, could you just take us up to right now? Stretch and I, we on Apple Music Hits right now. Nice. We on Audio On Demand and live every two weeks on Saturday, 8 p.m. EST on nice. Apple Music Hits. We're very happy about that. We have a podcast as well that we're about to splash the world with. Well, actually, we had a podcast on NPR called What's Good with Stretch and Bobbito. It's still up. It's evergreen. We got two seasons. We interviewed Dave Chappelle, Lenny Kravitz, Rosie Perez, Stevie, Stevie Wonder, Wanda. Mahershala Ali, Mr. Cartoon, Black Thought, Rakim, Beastie Boys. Linda Sawsaw, That's who, crazy. who did the Women's March. We produced the album, Nas and Minya. Wow. It's titled No Request. We have a band called the M19, Stretching by Beat doing the M19's band. It's on Apple Music, and we pressed the vinyl of it. And we did two shows. We did the Kennedy Center in D.C. We did uh, the Gramercy in New York. Yes. Is this your first record that you guys done? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, we produced yeah. the whole, you know, we did it like Illmatic. We only put 10 tracks on it. <laughs> Illmatic has nine, but I get your drift. <laughs> <laughs> We staying busy. You know, Stretch is my man for life. I'm the uncle to his daughter. He's the uncle to my son. We family. It's beautiful. You know? That's yeah. greatness, man. Yeah. Well, you guys are inspiration still. Thank you, yep. Keep doing what you do, man. We appreciate you, man. Likewise, likewise. Had to have you up here. It's great. Thank All you, right. guys. Thank you guys. Yeah. Peace. Peace. On the next episode of The Bridge, 50 Years of Hip Hop, we talk to Swiss Beats, the monster. I was boogie down production. You couldn't tell me that I wasn't a part of BDP. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, like you couldn't. You were a super fan? What? Even when Just Ice came out, I was a fan even like then. I was in Castle Hill projects coming from school and they were shooting the Just Ice video. I'm in the Just Ice video wow. somewhere, bro. Going way, way back. I remember. From Spotify, the executive producers are Gina Delvac and Jason Rodriguez with additional production support from Leslie Guam and Andrea Salenzi. And special thanks to Courtney Holt, Jessica Dow, and everyone at Spotify who helped the bridge come to life. For Mass Appeal, the executive producers are myself, Nas, Peter Bittenbender, Jenya Meggs. Lead producer is Medina Pawana. And associate producer is Serge Jabrija. Our writer is Gabe Alvarez. Samara Langer and Cliff Cristofaro are our editors. Thanks for listening. <laughs>